I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. Hang on. I'm ready. It was Andy Quilden here uh, and I've just been joined by Andy Boy Simmons who uh, seems more enthralled with his phone than talking to you, the good people. You didn't who, uh, you say we're about to go. Go. Well, I just, uh, I just figured we'd get in there with some energy, an energy burst. Hold on, I, I don't think I've done a testing. I don't think I can hear myself. Well, I can hear you. Okay. Can you not hear m- Can you hear me? Actually, I can't. I can only hear you through your voice. I can't. You can only hear me through my voice. Yeah, I can't hear you. What's your problem? You've you've missed. You've ruined it again. What about now? Nope. Nothing. Nope. Uh, you've ruined it. Like this is literally. That's uh, that's me. I'm just playing with cable. You came on very briefly. You're a piece of work. You are. Right. What about? What about now? Nope. You can hear nothing. Nope. You're lying. I'm not. Testing. I can clearly. You need to talk to Amazon. Testing. What? Oh, let's start again. Oh, finally, we sorted it out. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, everyone. Andy, I assumed had his headset on the whole time. Three hours have passed, by the way, between. (laughs) Try to sort this out. I assumed he had the headset on the whole time, but apparently not. Apparently, the headset was round the neck, and it was the phone which was being played with. So, well, we're back now. We're here. We're here, and we missed a week again. Yep. Out of fifty-two weeks this year, I think we've done forty-nine episodes. <sighs> but this was the start of a new year, wasn't it, for us? I guess it was. Yeah. Start already of a new tax year. Already. Yeah. Already messed it up. So, unfortunately, it's not the start of a new tax year for the A-Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast because there's no money to be had. No, it was a joke. It was a reference to, like, the tax no, year so doesn't I'm start. Well, I was just get Well, actually, you're... So, there's the tax year, the, the, the more popular tax, tax year, but every company has its own tax year. Yep. So, the A-Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast tax year would have, if we were taking any money at all. Yeah. It would have ended on... For argument's sake, the, the last month of November, last day of November is okay, or maybe the last day of December. I don't really know when we would have formed the company, but unfortunately, we take no money at all. But we could take money if you wanted to sponsor us. But we are, we are obviously open. sponsored by uh, the Andy Boy Simmons Pillar T-shirt, available now on Pro <sighs> Wrestling Tees. You can sit there and go all you like, but if people don't know it's out there, they're not going to buy it. Well, make sure you check out shoprevpro.com. All right, okay. Some merchandise. We unfortunately we don't stock the Andy Boy Simmons T-shirt at the moment. Um, Demand would be too high. We we just yeah, you wouldn't be able to cope up. with it. You can't keep cope. up. You need to hire three more people. We actually don't have the space to store it at the moment. Yeah. So I imagine we'll be sat on it for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. So what else is new? Uh, well, since we last done the podcast, uh, we've had we were at the cockpit on the Sunday before last. Yep. That show's just got on, gone up on rpwondemand.com. We had a few technical issues, didn't we? Um, oh, yes. Looking yes, at me, blank, exactly looking at me blankly. Um, yes, yeah, so we had to we had to record a few pickups, didn't we? We did. And we did them brilliantly. But if anyone who's listening watches it, let us know if you can f- spot them. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. That would be very interesting. Um, 
So that was uh, the cockpit. Last last London cockpit show of 2018. 18. As we head into 2019. That's scary, but the London cockpit's my barometer of uh, where we are in the year. Okay. So I was like, oh, the next cockpit show is going to be next Ne-? year. But right, then, like, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, only one cockpit show before Christmas was yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. what I said in November. Yeah, I think of things like, oh, next time I'm there, it would would have been my birthday. Stuff like that. Yeah, another year older. Yeah. Yeah, so we, like... Yeah, so like the cockpit now is my... Because really, as you get older, you don't really have much of a gauge as to where you are in life. Well, for me anyway, because I'm not like a Monday to Friday guy. I obviously, you know, work for myself. Yeah. I have to work a lot of weekends. Um, don't so, don't uh, bring that up. So, uh, so yeah, so because of that, there's not really a, a defined start and end to any week for me. We just keep... We keep rolling, you know. So sure. I think that for for that reason, the the London cockpit show has become a uh, a bit of a a bit of a measuring stick. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so next London cockpit show is going to be 2019. But hell of a year, hell of a run we've had in 2018. A num- number of sellout shows uh, every month, um, and I really like uh, my favourite type of wrestling being able to, um, you know, episodically put on shows. You know, similar audience every single Start month. Start doing them weekly. Oh, I'd love to one day. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Oh, it'd be a push, wouldn't it? Yeah. But it worked before the Mid South, the <coughs> the Mid South Coliseum. Yeah. It, the Sportatorium. Sportatorium. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what those are, look him up. Dallas Sportatorium. Uh, Mid South Coliseum. I, I, can I don't know. We're trying to be uh, pretentious about it. We don't even know ourselves, but well, we do we know, know about the, the Dallas. Yeah, we know yeah. the Dallas Sportatorium. And. Uh, yeah, like weekly wrestling used to be a staple in many towns years and years ago, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice if we could do weekly weekly wrestling shows, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. In the same venue with the same fans. But, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe one day. Because I'd be like, well, people have got other stuff to do. But at the same time, there's lots of people who support football teams who go to every single game every single week. Well, that's it. Yeah, you look at the you know the queues that build up outside no, Fratton Park. Oh. Where? <laughs> 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 I was going to say Burnley. I've, I've right. not been to Turf Moor in years. But I walk past Fratton Park every Saturday night, Saturday, and uh, when there's a football game, and there's thousands of people, isn't there? So yeah, all we're asking week. for a couple of hundred. Yeah, that's all we want. Not greedy, so no. Um, so yeah, that'd be that'd be cool as. But uh, yeah, I think if we ever get to the stage where we can sell out those shows in seconds, um, I think we'd be looking at. Oh, let's try and add a few more. Yeah. Speaking about selling out in seconds, we also announced Will Ospreay versus Pack. York Hall in February. OMG. Well, you can sit there and act sarcastically because we're not talking about you, but... No, I know. I'm very excited. Um, it's going to be a privilege to call the action. Well, you carry on with your attitude. I'm like not that. being sarcastic. Um, You're obviously very pleased. Well, it's a record York Hall sellout. And, uh, Faster know, than with Osprey versus Vader? Yeah. Oh, okay. Kurt Angle versus Zack Sabre. What was your previous fastest? Vader? With Osprey Vader? Um... Andy Boy Simmons and Rampage Brown against Grado and no. Colt Cabana. It would have been, uh, I don't know. So it, I think it would be one of, I think it would be a toss-up between Osprey and Vader and and, uh, and Zach and Angle. Okay. Those are the two big fast sellers. Um, what were we talking there? Like, still like a day though, was it? Or yeah, like a few, a few hours. days. A yeah, few okay. Days. Both In both instances, a few yeah. days, yeah. Um, and in they both went to general sale. This one never went to general sale. It all sold out in the pre-sale. Um, 
in um, the biggest difference in tickets was when we announced Kenny Omega. Um, and I think we sold between four and 500 tickets in one afternoon. So we announced him whenever we announced him. Which was last December. No, no. That was, uh, it was in May, not last. It was the Epic Encounter show in May, um, I think last year. Um, and uh, and we announced him, and we sold four or five hundred tickets. Boom! That same afternoon after. Yeah, that, but he wasn't. He wasn't the first name announced. No, the Young Bucks were already announced. But the okay. point I'm making is, we sold four or five hundred tickets off the back of announcing Kenny Omega. Yeah. But and that sold the show out. We'd already sold, you know, nine hundred or eight hundred tickets. So, do you know what I mean? So like announcing Kenny pushed it over the edge. Yeah. And that so it makes you wonder, you know, if we'd announced Kenny at the start. Would we have sold? Would we have sold out the venue with Kenny Omega <coughs> right. alone yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in a quick, in a quick fashion? Because um, it wasn't like I say, it wasn't until we announced Kenny that boom, all those okay. remaining tickets went. So, oh, um, so yeah, but it's, I mean, it's all very interesting. But what what it goes to show a number of things. So I was kind of worried because obviously I've spoken before on this podcast. Um, there is an oversaturation of wrestling in this country. I don't think anyone can deny that fact. Um, and certainly compared now to even two years ago, the amount of shows which are going on in this country are just is astronomical. And, and not just that, because there's always been a lot of shows going on, but I think the number of high-quality, high-profile shows is astronomical. Um, does that make sense to you? Uh, I just yeah, have a yeah, bit yeah. of a conversation as well. well no, no, I'm I agree. Yeah, talking like to myself. There's a, <laughs> there's a venue now in London, the Resistance Gallery, which now takes everyone to run a show. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, can well, call up Gary or Craig and say, oh, I want to run a show there. Well, there's th- so yeah, that was unheard of like even six months ago. So. Yeah, I mean, well, your call's very similar, isn't there? I mean, there's uh, oh yeah, but like it's almost like I mean, there's, uh, there's Rev Pro, yeah, there's, um, Eve, Eve, uh, World of Sport Wrestling, Fight Forever Wrestling, and WWE UK. Yeah, so you know all those promotions uh, in one venue. Okay, it's uh, it's kind of uh, I don't know. It's like you don't really. Uh, I th- it never used to be the case, did it? No. Um, so well, it uh, used to be. If you had a venue, you ran that venue. If I had yeah, a venue, right. I ran that venue. Now it's like you don't even have to. Yeah, we've touched on it, but on it before. But like you know, I don't think a bit of you know professional courtesy would go would go a long way. Yeah. So I, and I think that um, I think that uh, again, it might be just a sign of wrestling becoming more into the uh, the general realms of. Uh, I don't want to say being mainstream because we're niche, and as I've discussed time and time again, we're a niche of a niche. So yeah. wrestling's a niche, and we're a we're a niche of wrestling. We're sure. if you look at McDonald's, you'd call McDonald's uh, the uh, McDonald's. You'd call WWE the McDonald's of wrestling. In, right. in fact, they appeal to the the broadest category of of human beings in terms of not just wrestling fans, but also entertainment fans and people who like a spectacle, etc. And we're a niche of that niche. Yes, because we cater to the the real hardcore wrestling fans um so that's where it can become hard and it, it becomes stretched when especially when wwe are now entering that marketplace where wwe are now trying to cater to those niche of a niche, wrestling yeah. fans as well as their own fans which is kind of interesting because it's almost like they've already got the niche of it <laughs> <laughs> without <laughs> without getting into the, the language of a niche of a niche of a niche um it's like that friends episode when uh, you know uh, when monica and chandler get caught and it's like they know we know but they don't know. We know that they know. We know, you know. Yeah. Are you following? Yeah, I get it. So yeah. WWE's uh, WWE's uh, already got its niche, 
but now it's trying to get its niche of a niche, which hypothetically speaking, it's already got, but it wants even more. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's it's, it's hard. Um, and uh, and like I say, like yeah, just promotions like Fight Forever Wrestling popping up, you know, um, just new promotions popping up all over the place presenting a high quality product it just stretches uh, the market i've always said like my mentality is like kind of like I, f I believe that wrestling fans have x amount of money to spend on a annual basis and they're going to spend that money be it with me be it with progress be it uh, with icw or Southside or ipw or alphabet soup you know wwe kfc <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah kfc wrestling that's now um, sanders he says that so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so like it, you know it doesn't matter um it you know it doesn't matter who they spend the money on and obviously developing a brand is great because it, it gives you that little bit more customer loyalty but with all this oversaturation and the pound being the worst it's been in forever and people worried about the impending brexit and wanting to protect their money because they're worried about what's happening with the economy and on and on and on all these factors combined kind of make you worry a little bit you know and uh and like we've already said the the last york hall show uprising didn't have as many people as we'd would have expected with that lineup um and ring of honors previous show um you know ring of honor did ring of honors last tour over here didn't do very well and you can make the argument that well it's because they came back too soon um too much too soon or is the market just oversaturated loads of different questions you could ask mm -hmm. but the fact remains that you know it, it it's it can no longer be a dead cert that you're selling out a show whereas like before like the uprising lineup i thought would have been a dead cert i would have thought pack versus osprey would have been a dead cert so but with all that knowledge of stuff which has gone before like who would have thought that if you look at the wwe tv tapings uh, the most recent ones who would have thought there'd be a monday night raw in the uk which is like half full you know, or you know, oh, yeah, we haven't heard of. I, 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 I was the way it was actually. But yeah, did you not see the pictures? I saw a picture of like SmackDown. SmackDown, think, well, SmackDown yeah. was what, like so they showed a picture of Raw, yeah. and then they're like, oh, but that that just annoys me because it always reminds me of the time. I'll give you touch on this. The time when FWA ran Uprising, and all people were more interested. Yeah, about absolutely. Was I, taking photographs of empty seats. I, and again, I uh, I completely appreciate that from a fan perspective, but I'm to, and I like I believe that it doesn't matter how many fans were at the show. You're you go to the show for the enjoyment of the professional wrestling, in-ring professional wrestling. So providing that not having a lot of fans there doesn't affect your enjoyment, because it can affect your enjoyment if there's no atmosphere. Yeah, no atmosphere, um, sure. But, you know, we all know if there's, a, if there's a certain amount of people at the show, even if it's 100, like, once you get to 100 people, you've got an atmosphere, right. you know, right? Unless you're in a 10,000 seater. Yeah, unless you're in a 10,000 <laughs> seater, yeah. Every yeah. context is all. But, like, the, 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 the point I'm making is... Um, I, I'm talking from a business perspective, so you can be like, oh, I hate no, no, I you know, seeing yeah. the, the pictures of the seats, but from a business perspective, what I'm saying is I saw those pictures, and I'm like, wow, WWE hasn't sold out Raw, SmackDown's even worse. Um, when's the last time you've seen that? You know, and they're struggling to sell out 1,000-seat venues for their NXT UK show. You know they WWE. need back? Who? Martin Goldsmith. Our good Maybe. friend Martin. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe. Um, <laughs> But his World of Sport tour is not too clever either. No. You know, the, um, I just saw they cancelled a couple of dates. Did you know that? Did I did not know that, no. So, um, yeah, Scarborough and Aberdeen, I believe. Have right. Been, uh, Gone. Along with Bournemouth. Yeah, I'd see, I, did, I texted you about Bournemouth. Someone, t yeah. someone, I think I saw it in a discussion group on Facebook, and I wasn't even aware, because so I knew some of the lads were going to go. So the point I'm making yeah. is, 
you see stuff like that. You see shows getting cancelled. You see shows with low attendances. Um, I know of myself that stuff that would have been a guaranteed sellout before hasn't been selling out. Even though it's, you know, it's sold good numbers, but it's still not been that 100% sellout. You just don't know how it's going to go. No. So it was my to my huge relief when it instantly sold out. And I was like, bloody hell, I should have had a bigger venue. <laughs> but I think that's one of the charms of independent professional wrestling. You know, the intimacy of it all. Yeah. And the fact that, um, you know, the atmosphere when they wrestle each other in February is going to be second to none. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, obviously we know it could be in a bigger venue, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe. But then, you know, like you can't really look back at it because, you know, to put it into what I do is this is my peak season in terms of like selling toys. And, you know, I, I sometimes you bank on a few wrestlers. Do you know what I mean? So like, right, I need to get three or four boxes of Roman Reigns or, you know, he was a very hot figure. But this year I was banking on it being Elias. Right, I think I've sold two. Really? Yeah. And he's, a, but that could be a sign of the, the popularity of the product more than it even possibly. Be in trouble. But but I was talking, uh, you know, I've, I said it to you. I said, you know, if I could get my hands on five boxes of Elias, I'm confident that's the guy this year. But he's not. But he's had a big old push, hasn't he? Yeah. He's a big baby. And it's his man. first figure, like first, you know, first yeah. figure that I'd be able to get of him. And I think I think that might be more of a sign of the popularity of the product at the moment. Well, possibly two lowest ratings in uh, yeah in modern day history yeah. in the last two weeks. Um, so uh, so yeah, but it's, but again, like you know, you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, so that's that's not worked. World of Sport with ITV, you know, push hasn't worked because it's not worked, has it? Like you know, in terms of a uh, you know the the shows like the the venues are the size of the venues they're running, you'd expect with prime time TV. Yeah. Out, yeah, it's almost know. a bit like uh, it's almost come a bit too late. Well, yeah, but the it tour was advertised at the end of the series. I understand what you're it saying. Yeah, like but it's a bit like, again, when we had Broder's Clay, it was like when Broder's Clay got released, I was like, right, let's book a show with Broder's Clay, but we couldn't get him till December. And it was like, well, Broder's Clay coming out of WWE, people are still, he's still fairly memorable. Yeah. But four or five months later, Not oh, yeah. But that's I think, and that's all think w- I remember him, WWE, yeah. That's why WWE does the... Um, I mean, in the end, we did all right, but like, it's but still. Th- well, that's why WWE adds the, uh, the no compete clause on the contracts because WWE know. Yeah. You know, if you're not on TV for three months, you lose value. Yeah. Unless you're one of the best wrestlers in the world, like Pac, who WWE kept away from TV for a, a full year. Yeah. Before he was uh, on the back on the on the scene, so to speak. But, um, but yeah, like it's I don't know. It's just interesting. But anyway, the show sold out. Everyone's happy. So. Cool. Um, no one more than you. No one more. Than <laughs> No, <laughs> it was a relief. I yeah. was happy. Sure. Um, and especially, uh, it, and it goes to show me that you have the right matches. People are still going to be interested. Um, I think the, the business may be changing a little bit. Um, but there's another story for another day. I think I think now, like, uh, it's uh, everyone cr- Everyone accuses Rev Pro of being, oh, you're a dream match promotion. You don't do storylines. But I think now it's going to be almost a case of must-see matches are the only thing which are going to draw you know, guaranteed consistently. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I look at, well, I think you proved that already. Generally will versus, I know will versus Vader had its own story attached to it, but it's almost like, you know, it's almost like fell on your lap kind of thing. Uh, but then Zach versus Kurt Angle. Yeah. was a dream match. You yeah, know, it's like who, who'd ever thought they'd yeah, see Kurt it's Angle hard versus you can't, you can't, um, you can't book a promotion based around those situations all the time because you never know when those opportunities are going to come but you just need to be able to strike when those opportunities arise I think in anything boxing again I do, we, never, we haven't really spoken too much well we haven't spoken since uh, the Tyson Fury fight right which I paid 19.99 for again like a sucker yeah. right but 
boxing have done a good job of like boxing for all intents and purposes and again i don't want to offend anyone who's a boxing fan right but for all intents and purposes boxing on a week-to-week basis is dead yeah right um boxing used to be but right we don't know boxing so boxing um, promoters might say the same about wrestlers but we know but it's so on a little yeah, bit yeah. research okay. we're just not in that right. bubble no but i'm talking on a different level so i'm not talking about your hall shows you know i'm sure boxing has shows up and down the country and leisure centers yeah. you know i'm not talking about that side of the business i'm talking okay. about boxing as a tv entity boxing as a you know uh, a big pay-per-view business you know it's not what it was right you, you don't get those regular big fights but when you have an attraction like Anthony Joshua, or when you have a big match like um, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, when you have that right match, like a Floyd Mayweather and a Conor McGregor, when you have that, it's not only going to do good business, it's going to do astronomical business. So, and I uh, something very interesting with the Tyson Fury fight was um, they, the, pay, the cost of the pay-per-view, so we paid £20 in America, cost of the pay-per-view in America was, uh, in England, sorry, and the cost of the pay-per-view in America was something like $70, $80, right? And, like, the argument was, well, if they're going to pay 50 they're going to pay 70 Yeah. right? And people did. And, like, it, I, I think he only did, uh, maybe he did, like, about 300,000 buys. So it's a hell of a lot of buys in, a, in this day and age. I mean, it's nowhere near, like, Mayweather-Pacquiao numbers, but... Um, you know, it's still a lot of buys, you know, of anyone's money mm. in an age when it's all about streaming services. And Deontay Wilder isn't a huge name in the States at the, I mean, he's, a, he's, he's got the potential. To he's be American, a, is he? Yeah. Yeah. And he's, a, he's got the potential to be a, uh, a huge draw in the States and become like that Mike Tyson, like character. Um, and I think a big knockout over Tyson Fury would have done it. Um, but Tyson Fury's never been on pay-per-view uh, in the, you know, in the States. So, um, that's not uh, bad then is it yeah so you look at it like that and you're like you watch that fight d- you're telling me that rematch isn't going to double that right do you know what I mean the way that fight went mm-hmm. so I just I don't know I just feel like that's the world we live in like even UFC like again I know you're not familiar with it um, you're only familiar with 90s WWF um, and WCW and, and yeah. well I'm listening to 83 weeks <laughs> great podcast <laughs> fantastic um, so uh yeah, unless you're uh, familiar with that, you're, you're, um, you know, the UFC only really draws for big fights. And when I say only really draws, I'm not, I know you attacked me earlier when with the boxing line. UFC is very much alive and well. UFC is making a lot of money. UFC has shows with thousands of people at it pretty much every single week now. Sometimes two shows a day if they're doing one in Brazil and one in oh, right. America. Or yeah, one I do in see a lot of UFC so talk. I didn't realize it was that so busy. Yeah, UFC is very busy. And like I remember, I always remember, um, so I went to UFC 100 in Vegas um, and Dana White said something like, we want to be as big as soccer, right? And they're running tons and tons of shows. And at the time I was like, well, there's no way they're going to be as big as soccer. But like, um, but what do you think about it? The reality, you're shaking your head. Like, because that's not what you said. No, I said, like, so I, so that. Go is on, you finish so, your point. So what you're going to do is you're going to try and take what I said out of context, right? Because what I'm leading on to is I said, there's no way they're going to be as big as soccer. But the moment when I thought about it, I was like, they actually have the potential to be because you've got to stop looking at it like, um, and again, this is, this might be what WWE are trying to do with their regional territory system, right? But when you look at it, you're like, okay, um, if you look at the Premier League, for example, the Premier League is huge in England, right? But in other countries, 
is not as big. So like in Italy, La Liga is uh, in Italy, Serie A, sorry, is a you know is um, what people see as the premier football. In Spain, La Liga is what people see as a premier football. Okay. In Germany, it's a Bundesliga. So so do you know what I'm saying? So like, but Premier League football is still seen. Like it's seen across the world, but also in this country, how many hundreds of thousands of people watch it every single week, go there live? Yeah, you know, many hundreds but, of thousands. Uh, whereas with UFC, and I guess the criticism with UFC was all of a sudden, like when they start running all these shows, it's like, well, we can't keep track of who the fighters are. You know, we thought we don't know who the stars are. You know, you're di- you're diluting the pay per views. We don't know who the draws are. You know, there's no real draws, as an example, right? But the reality is, when they go to Brazil, they're still getting thousands of people through the gate. Right. And I'm sure that locally in the Brazilian market, that show's done very well. And I'm sure locally in the, you know, so when UFC comes to the UK, right, never really a big deal in America, those shows, but they sell out 20,000 seats at the O2. Right. Okay. So, you know, what's, what's your barometer of what you're judging success on, you know? So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thanks for conversation. Sometimes I, I just don't like know I anything about UFC or boxing, no, like just, nothing. So, so all I'm trying to do, is and every time I counteract you with an argument, all I do is get told off. No, so, so like, so like, no. So what you can say is, uh, no. So I, I'm trying to have a conversation with you, and I'm trying to make something which is applicable to professional wrestling because I think it's a very intelligent conversation to have to look at other genres of similar entertainment. And try and draw parallels because I think if you do that, you draw those parallels. You can try, you can learn lessons in terms of professional wrestling. So that's what all I'm trying to converse with. Um, but I just get like horrible looks and rolling of the eyes. I'm not rolling my eyes. My contact lenses bother me. That happens a lot. Oh. I, I knew you'd get all paranoid about that when I was like playing with my. Oh, so, my contact uh, lenses bothering. But yeah, but just be nice to have a conversation about it every now and, and I'm not asking anyone to understand any kind. I'm not asking you to understand. You don't have to understand, like. UFC as an example to understand professional wrestling and vice versa, like to to understand the argu- the, the discussion that I'd like to have. Okay. And the discussion I'd like to have is if you follow it through, is like you can have a like something can be a big success for UFC in Brazil with a small amount of people. Uh, like w- w- sorry, with without the global recognition, so people were saying like you know the shows are watered down. You know there's no real stars on the shows, but locally they might might be huge stars, right? The same way that people in America probably don't know who Freddie Eastwood is. But I know he's a South End legend. Yeah. You know? So, and to those people, those 4,000 people, 5,000 people who used to go to Roots Hall every week to see Freddie Eastwood, you know, that was a big deal. And there's still revenue to be made there. So, um, and I think that, and, I was, and then, you know, linking that back, perhaps that was, that's what WWE are trying to do, just be successful in the, the local climate in the places and, and create a, you know, a good revenue stream in each of those local territories. Okay. So, yeah. I think you're right. Cool, all right. Good good discussion, good chat, as always. Um, cool. So, um, it's that it's that time of the uh that time of the week. Let's hear it. Let's see that awful tune you do. Again, just whatever. I'm just trying to bring some life into the podcast, but whatever. Okay, do that lovely song you do. Nope. It's Andy and Andy's thirty day. Oh, come on. If we don't do it, we're going to get flooded with complaints. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so go on, please. Let's give him another opportunity to roll his eyes, everyone. Please. It's time for Andy and Andy's 30-week wrestling challenge. Wait for it. Thank you. You got us back on track. There you go.
Cool. What were so, you up to? Uh, we are on week number 10. Okay. That's a good one. Your favourite entrance theme. Oh, okay. A million of them. Uh, first one jumped out. By feel it's too easy. I like to always think, think of obscure ones. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Do you want to give us a rendition? I'm just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. It's a sensational Sherry version. Okay. I'm just, I'm not your boy toy. Boy toy. I'm just a sexy boy. Because I know it all. Because I used to do, when I was playing with the toys, I used to do the songs on the way to the ring. Yeah, I think we all did. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, because we didn't have, like, iPads and stuff with it all on like they do nowadays. Yeah, it would be easy yeah. nowadays, wouldn't it? You mm. get the actual theme tune. But one is, well, another good one connected to Shawn Michaels, coincidentally enough, is The Rockers. Do you like that? Yeah. Well, no, I like That's it. That's a vulgar like, piece of music. No, I do like it, but it's just like... I've not done that in 20 years. I would have uh, done it differently, because I would have gone... Do you know what I mean? I would have done more of a do 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 rather yeah. than a I mean you got it wrong, but yeah. Whatever. Okay. Um I'm not no, I am the Mountie. Handsome, I'm brave, I'm strong. Right of me. So I was yeah. like, I could use the Mounties theme tune. We're not the Mounties. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, wasn't Classic. it? Classic. Um mine, I think, is Bright Hearts. Which one? Um the ninety seven. Really? So I'd argue that the Heart Foundation music was better. Yeah. Okay. I think that I just I so what I like is songs that are instantly identifiable. Yeah. Which I mean, uh, to be fair, a lot of WWE songs are instant. Like now, I couldn't really. Uh, tell you no like so I could, I could tell like you how to show the world yeah but it doesn't sound like anymore, does it it starts like that record strat thing yeah. so I tried to nick the <laughs> oh Bret Hart <laughs> yeah well I could, I could tell you how Ludwig Borger's music you know I don't know if it, it may well have been some sort of Finnish national anthem or something I don't know but instantly recognisable when you heard that you knew it was Ludwig Borger um now let's think. Who's in WWE at the moment? Braun Strowman. Braun! Yeah, then we've got to say the name at the start. Brock Lesnar doesn't. No, that's like quite a good piece of music, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Batista's music. That was one of my favourite entrance music. Do you know the last time I think I properly, like, marked out, I say in quotation marks, speech marks, whatever, was when Brock Lesnar came back. Well, that's a lie, because you were going nuts the other day when Triple H and Shawn Michaels were wearing jackets <laughs> in Saudi no, Arabia. Yeah, but I wasn't sat there getting like excited, like almost like buzzing, like, oh, this is cool. I remember I stayed up late, because everyone thought he was coming back at Mania, yeah, right? Yeah, he came back on Raw. He came back the following night on Raw. It was brilliant, though. He smashed up Cena, right? Yeah. But I remember, I remember me and Marty both stayed up to watch it, and I'd fallen asleep, as per normal, <laughs> and he nudged me, and he's like, I think this is it, I think this is it. And, when know. was it? Uh, when I mean, was don't it get me wrong. I wasn't jumping up and down like when dancing. Was it when uh, it was Rock cool. Lesnar did that dinosaur roar, do you remember? He was like, "Was that much an Undertaker movie?" I don't know. No, it was like in a beatdown. Like oh, was it? A segment. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. But he roared like a dinosaur. I've like. not watched WWE since, so that was good. <laughs> not average. Really. Um, I think maybe Batista's might actually beat uh, Bret Hart's music for me. What piece of music? Yeah. I walk alone inside this pit of danger. Yeah, I guess it's quite cool, yeah. yeah. It's one of the few upgrades, you know, when like, they do music and then sometimes they decide to like add lyrics to it unnecessarily and yeah. it just makes it not as good. So, like, 
Chris Bomar's music was quite cool. And then they decided to turn it into a real song. Yeah. Kane, the same. And then, but Batista's was probably one, was an upgrade. Yeah. I walk alone. Yeah. <laughs> While he's in a gang with three other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but didn't they add yeah, the lyrics after did, yeah. he left? They right? did, yeah. 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 So. Oh, okay. Good. There you, go. there you go. We're back on track now. We're friends again. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, won't we? Right. Um, so, uh, we're already 32 minutes in anyway, so you can call it a day there if you want. If you want. Um, no, Connor, let's not ruin the flow. So, uh, we are going to talk a little bit. So, we're going we're gonna to link into, uh, uh, we're going to have a, a short discussion. We're going to talk about wrestling tribute shows today. But um, the way we got to this topic um, was obviously it was with the unfortunate passing of a dynamite kid. Um who passed away last was last week last Wednesday a week ago yeah. today yeah um, and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about Dynamite Kids our memories of Dynamite Kids our brief interactions if any with the Dynamite Kids um, and uh, and you'll find out how we get this link to um, tribute shows tribute shows which so is a, a great kind of a, a great segue yeah but it's, and it's, ca- and it's kind of a subtopic it's not really a topic that I think that we are knowledgeable enough on to cover a full episode. Yeah, we didn't go through bucket. To, we didn't go to buckets of um, shows, did we? With no, but, shows, it's, but. A, it's an interesting discussion. It's an interesting debate. It's uh, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Dynamite Kid. So I'm, uh, tra- I'm trying to think the first. Well, so actually, Dynamite I Kid obviously was in the first ever match I ever watched, which was the Big Ten Man Tag. Oh yes, five so teams yeah. versus five teams, Survivor Series '88, and it was when I saw the Bulldogs walk to the ring in that. That's why I've said this before, but. That's when I was like, wow, there's Englishmen in this. This seems like... Yeah, so I This is brilliant. That's why they were instantly my favourite. And I, and I remember... So I, again, so by the time I'd started watching... Oh, I just want to clarify for, uh, t- you know, for consistency's sake. They were my favourite, and then I saw Hulk Hogan later on in the video. <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> so wow, Hulk Hogan's the best. They had a 30-minute run. Today. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, so uh, I... Uh, yeah, so I never really uh, watched any Dynamite Kid. Like, so Dynamite Kid is... Um, is a, um, I, I guess, he's the guy that many people say put British wrestling on the map uh, and kind of revolutionised a style of wrestling, which I guess we know as a junior heavyweight style of wrestling now. But like over the course of the years, we've seen people again reinvent, re-revolutionise that, that style of wrestling. But he was the first person to add that kind of high-risk offence into into his matches, really. Um, now, personally, like I say, from my perspective, I only knew him as the tag team partner of the British Bulldog. I didn't really know much of him at all until, I'd say, the early 2000s. Um, okay. Can I guess when you... Well, actually, I'll guess for for fun then, because you're probably going to tell me I'm wrong. Okay. Because the first time... I knew who he was, obviously, because... Because, you know, he was British Bulldogs tag team partner. And I thought it was Dynamite Kid and the British Bulldogs. The British Bulldogs. Yeah. Not Dynamite, Dynamite Kid and, and David Boy Smith. Smith yeah. The British Bulldogs. Yeah. So when I first started to, like, appreciate the Dynamite Kid was at Revival. Really? When the way oh. the way everyone went mad from it. Like, I knew who he was, but, like, so shortly after that, I brought the videotape, Best of the Dynamite Kid from Strong Style Tapes. And, again, I was fully aware of who he was. I'd read his interviews in Power Slam. I think he'd done a page in Power Slam, maybe. Yeah, but so that was to promote the book. Yes. So I, so, so, so I knew. So before then, so I guess it was it was before then, um, but only a, probably by a matter of months, maybe six, eight months before. So when I started w- watching FWA shows, so I like so. In fact, 
I, so I read the book for sure um, when it first came out. I ordered it from Power Slam. So was that late two thousand? Um, so whenever, yeah, whenever that came out, um, and that, and I think it obviously Power Slam spoke up about him so highly that I kind of became a fan and wanted to hunt out his stuff. I got the um, the Dynamite Kid compilation tape in it from Strong Style Tapes. Um, it was like a four VHS four. Yeah, they were glued VHSs together, glued weren't they? Together, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, and that had all these matches with Tiger Mask on, which was something else, like, in terms of, like, even for that time, like, there wasn't many wrestlers. Because, again, like, I look at WWE. So WWE, of course, until maybe, I'd say maybe until 2010 to 12-ish, WWE was a pro- probably my main point of reference for all wrestling. Even though, like, I had independent wrestling tapes, but you could never follow... Like, just for example, if you wanted to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, it wasn't that accessible. So before New Japan World, there was a pay-per-view service where you could watch the big shows yep. online. Um, it was kind of expensive, and it wasn't It wasn't like you could keep up to date with it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't yeah, like... No, you couldn't, yeah. Whereas, like, now with New Japan World, you can see everything instantly. Um, I remember when one of the G1s, there was, like, a deal. I can't remember what, what the deal was, but you paid, like... Maybe it was like sixty pounds or something. You could watch the entire G One. Um, it was like, oh, what a deal, you know? Great. But now you can watch the whole thing for a t- like less than a tenner. So, are you saying on video you could buy? No, it streaming. So this oh, is. Oh, okay. so, so, so I'm jumping around. But I'm saying like, you know, until so basically, until you couldn't, you just couldn't keep up with New Japan. And like, if you did, like, you got stuff from tape traders. But it was a long time after the shows happened. Yep. Um, so. Um, so yeah, so because of that, so I'm sure that style obviously continued throughout Japan. In fact, I know it did. But in terms of like, you know, the Western wrestling, like WWE, WCW, Dynamite Kid was still like revolutionary compared to what you're seeing. And it wasn't until, I don't know how many, uh, the last five years WWE started to incorporate that style of wrestling would you say well, maybe 10 style. years yeah more indie yeah. style yeah because I always joke I say WWE has a more indie style than New Japan has right like if you watch the, the promotions but people don't a lot of people only see like the top of New Japan bills and they see like Kenny Omega versus Okada having six star matches um, and they're like well that's what all New Japan's like but New Japan has a lot of characters um, but people who don't watch the full shows and are I'm missing out know, on yeah, they're missing uh, out on Toriano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Izuka, as yeah. an example. You know, like uh, there's a lot of uh, even like, even like people like Yujiro. You know, like there's a yeah, lot yeah. Of, there's cool. a lot of characters mm-hmm. um, who people yeah don't don't know. Like Taichi, as <laughs> yeah. an example. My know? favorite. Um, and uh, and a lot of people look at those. A lot of the, the pure wrestling purists look at those characters and say like, oh, they're not that good, but they're actually brilliant. Like if you actually, yeah, you know, and real commitment to the characters, and I love it. But um, a real good mix of of wrestlers. Um, anyway, um, so when I watched those VHS tapes, I was kind of blown away because it was the first time. Again, I'd seen the indie standoff spot, right? But like you know, where they do a succession of moves and face off with each like other. The the, the the Van Dan Jerry Lynn. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That, yeah, I'd seen that, but I'd only ever seen the sloppy execution of it in terms of independent wrestling. Yeah. If you watch it back, it what like I'm sorry if you uh, get offended by this, but I like there's a lot of ECW stuff at the time which I was like, this is amazing. Like, I remember the first time I saw Tajiri versus Super Crazy, Living Dangerously '99, right? 
they do that opening spot at the beginning, stand off, face off of each other. It's like, oh my God, I've never seen... That match, for me, when I watched that match for the first time, which was, it would have been in the early 2000s, right? I watched that match for the first time, and I was like, my world of wrestling has changed forever. Okay. Right? But when you watch it next to the Dynamite Kid stuff, the Dynamite Kid stuff was so much more fluid and realistic. realistic yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's almost like a... So it, it took a, it, so that's a testament to how long it took the rest of the world to catch up with with that style of wrestling. Right. Yeah. I was just listening to this morning, uh, Jericho. I think it's the best podcast. Well, especially when we talk to wrestling people. Anyway, yeah. Dave Meltzer on it. It's like the life and times of Dynamite Kid. Like they've, they've recorded it since last Wednesday. And Meltzer says he just says Dynamite Kid was sort of like he he was so much better than everyone else because he was so realistic and intense and explosive. Which is what a lot. That's of a good l- line. Explosive. A lot yeah. of wrestlers don't project. You know, they copy his moves. You but can copy his moves, but you can't copy his. You know, his uh, showmanship's not the right word, but it kind of is the right word. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's like the intensity. It's the way the moves delivered. It's the yeah. context of the move. It's uh, yeah. You know, the changing of pace, uh, which I think it often goes over a lot of people's heads. Um, in terms of, you know. It's like there's a lot of wrestlers who I see who are like people will say like are great wrestlers and then I watch them and I'm like, yeah, they're good, but they're not great, you know, in terms of like, yeah. I'm not captivated. Like, because I think for me, like, I know it's like, oh, I'm a wrestling snob. I've watched so much wrestling now. It takes a lot for me to be like, that guy's real good, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, But Dynamite Kid was your... So he was, a f- but he was like, well, he just kind of, when I've watched his stuff, bearing in mind like how much earlier that stuff had taken place... I, it kind of blew all the indie stuff away. Yeah, it was and like, well, what was it, like late 2000, l- early 2000, you said, so we were talking like 18 years before yeah. or so, you know, 82, yeah. I think. Mel and they were, doing the last time. They, they were doing stuff that I was just like, this is absolutely crazy, Yeah, you know. And again, but it'd be interesting to sit and watch some of those ba- matches back now because, you know, because I've been desensitised now. I've seen everything now. So right. it would be interesting to watch it back with the benefit of hindsight, knowing where we are today. But um, for me at that time, you just couldn't match it. Um, yeah, well, there's that there, there's that match, which would definitely be on that video with where Dynamite wrestled Tiger Mask at Madison Square Garden. It's only like eight yeah. minutes long, but it's yeah. just absolutely perfect. Like, so I, you don't need me to or my the listeners, I mean, to rehash what Dave Meltzer was speaking about with Jericho. But basically, they said, you know, nobody knew who these guys were. They're at Madison Square Garden, and you know, within minutes they had them hooked. You know, and believing, and they were, you know, it was really. Yeah, it was, about, was that one? Or I'd also listened to one of Jim Cornette talking about Dynamite Kid as well. I suppose but it was that one. But but yeah, so he so again, like, and I feel the sad thing for me about Dynamite Kid, obviously the way everything ended for him was that was tragic. That's a tragic story in itself. Um, but the fact that Dynamite Kid, um, really, he was flying the flag for Great Britain before Davy Boy Smith. But like, he he obviously bought. Was a response, they were cousins, weren't they? Um, and uh, and I just feel that um, at the time he was never given that plaudits or respect that he deserved for bringing it through. Of course, we can talk about you know, you can talk about what you want about what type of person he was outside the ring, but that's by the by. We don't know, we don't know that, yeah, know. yeah. So, like, like you uh, know, like you know, um. I know, I'm not sticking up for him because I don't know him, but you know there's that CNN documentary where it's like, oh, I put a shotgun under her chin. Yeah. But it weren't loaded. How do we know that really? Do you know what I mean? Like, is he just putting that out there because he wants to be known as this miserable old bastard? Yeah. Do you know, like, you know, people go back to that one all the time. Like, oh, he admitted to that. You know, but when sometimes these people, they 
they want that out there, even if it's not true. You know, as hard as it is, you know, I don't want people to think that I do anything untoward to anyone. But some people do. Some people like having that image. You know, it's image, isn't it? Like, oh, I'm a right nutter. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I don't know. It's a hard one with with that, like, and the stuff outside. Again, like, I can only comment on stuff inside the ring because that's all I. That's all I know. I yeah. can tell you know, like, it's tangible. I, I can put my hands on that and tell you, you know, that in the ring this is what this is what he was. But I just feel it was like a, you know, a shame that he was never, um, he was never applauded. And I think because later in his career, uh, when I say later in his career, later in his life, um, he wound up obviously in a wheelchair. Um, and uh, he had strokes, and obviously he wasn't uh, anywhere, you know, close to someone of what someone of his age physically should be like. And obviously, there's an argument his in-ring style led to that. A very strong argument his in-ring led style led to that. But there's also, you know, he also ran very, very hard outside the ring as well. Um, but um, for me, the the I think because of that, it wasn't he wasn't someone who WWE would ever be like bring back for specials or you know because like they don't want to be like this is what professional wrestlers are going to turn into do you know what i mean yeah i'm not saying that i'm not saying that this is this would be their reasoning for doing it but what i'm saying is if he was like a healthy man i could see wwe being able to you know nod their caps to him a little bit i know that Right, well, how old was Johnny Saint when I wrestled him? 62, something yeah, like that? something like that, yeah. Dynamite he was 60. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, Johnny Saint had two years in him, and he was Look still able to in, do a yeah. little 10-minute match, yeah. you know? And as a result, WWE are able to bring him in. Yeah. Now, obviously, he's a commissioner or whatever. Right. But like, he's still, they're still able to lord him up and give him a, sure. a bit of props for what he's... You yeah. Because Johnny Saint is another person who's ushered in a style of wrestling, um... Which uh, which is being emulated um, sometimes not very Terribly. well, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes well. Yeah. Um, but it's being emulated around the globe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, and Johnny Saint was someone who never really got that credibility. And it was guys like to be fair, it was guys like Chris Hero, Colt Cabana, who came over here, studied that style of wrestling, and they're the people who spread the word on. You need to see Johnny Saint. You need to see Cat Weasel. You need sure. to see. Be, you know. You know. It's, and, uh, it's that old. What old is new again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just feel like it's just unfortunate the Dynamite Kid was never able to get the true props. Like wrestling fans, obviously, hardcore wrestling fans bought those tapes from Strong Style Tapes. Yeah, and it's unfortunate it, it, that Strong Style Tapes profited off it, not him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I imagine he sold hundreds of units of those. Tapes. I wonder. Um, the Wrestling Channel did a three-four hour. Evening with Dynamite Kid, not evening yeah, with. Yeah, but, but that was World of Sport matches, right? No, it was Japanese. Oh, Japan, Japan as well. oh no, yeah, I'm sure it was. They yeah. paid for, so they had paid for the rights for. They was they were airing Japanese programming at the time. The wrestling yeah. channel, weren't they? Yes, so they'd obviously pay the rights for that. Right. So. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just wondering whether. No, but to my question was going to be, I wonder how um, how much that added to his sort of mystique that you know a lot of people who, you know, because I'd 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 get people come to me in the gym and say. Oh, that AJ Styles, he's well good. And I'd be like, where have you seen AJ Styles? You know, these aren't wrestling fans. And I'll like, oh, see him on the wrestling channel. Yeah. How many people kind of got in touch with Dynamite Kid, uh, not literally, uh, learned about Dynamite Kid through that three or four hour thing yeah, that sure. it then made his... Well, I'm sure some some did, because I know World of Sport obviously ballooned because of that. Yeah. Um, so much so that some people thought it'd be otherwise I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the highest rated show on the wrestling channel, wasn't it? The yeah, World of Sport. World yeah, because, yeah. you know, if you look at it, you know, as it is, that, that audience... Um, they're, they're all in the, in in a home, oh. <laughs> in a home. Well, in a home, at home, whatever. But like, it's the elderly. Yeah. You know, I mean, we watched it because we we were trying to learn wrestling, and like I said, what old is new again? 
But, you know, would would my mate Steve at the gym watch World of Sport? No. But I'd watch it, and the elderly in the old people's homes and stuff, they'd probably get it wrong, because yeah, it's free nostal- channel. And nostalgia. Yeah. And they'd be like, so, oh, the wrestling, that's not been on telly yeah. for years. Yeah. Um, so, the same way that I think I'd be more inclined to watch um, a 1992 episode of WWF Superstars than a 2018 episode of Monday Night Raw. Yes. Just nostalgia. Yeah. You know? Some of the wrestling might not be as good, but, like... Who cares? I get a kick out of it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And that's why the archive section, I watch more. On the WWE Network, I watch more of the archives than I do the current content. Yeah. And I understand that makes me in the minority because I think the majority of people watch, you know, the new pay-per-views, the NXTs, and whatever whatever else is out on there, the May Young Classic. Um, but, but yeah, like, uh, I, I like watching my old Nitros and my old uh, WCW Saturday Nights and stuff like that. So... Um, but yeah, and also, uh, so a couple more things on Dynamite Kid. So his book is one of the best professional wrestling books I've ever read. Um, it shaped a lot of my early life, teenage years, um, because he's able to swear at people in, in written form. Right. So he'll, he'll be like, uh, I never liked that Andy Boy Simmons, fucking dickhead. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> so like, he'll be like, yeah, he'll okay, be like, yeah. but do you know what I mean? It's almost like they've literally translated what yeah, he said. Yeah, he's through so it. Like, someone sat yeah, in a dick so phone, like, didn't Yeah, they? and he's literally been like, I didn't like so-and-so. Full stop. Yeah. I mean, like, it's almost like he's sat there and thought about it. And then swore, <laughs> you know. Um, so I really like. Often it. forgot about that book as well. I think we might have done a "What's Your Favorite Wrestling Book" discussion, and like Bret Hart and Jericho's are the two. That yeah, but Jericho's up, but first. Dynamite Kids. Dynamite Kids is, is really up there, and it's so honest as well. I'm going to get home and watch it. Actually, uh, watch it, read it again. Yeah, very, very good. That yeah. book. Um, so yeah, highly recommend to anyone who hasn't who hasn't read it. Read it. Um, and of course, like so for me. Again, like so, that was around the two thousands. I got into Dynamite Kid, but maybe in ninety nine, two thousand, um, got got excited about Dynamite Kid. But obviously, before that, there was obviously the British Bulldogs VHS Silver Vision tape. Yep. But again, Dynamite Kid was always because of what British Bulldog was to us in England at the time. So if I watched that tape in ninety two, which is probably the year I watched it, um, maybe ninety two, ninety three, something like that. Um, when I first got, because when I first got into wrestling, there was a Silver Vision home video releases were yeah. the ones. And um, by that time, British Bulldog was who the British Bulldog was. National treasure, national newspapers, superstar, and the Dynamite Kid was nowhere to be seen. Right. So you watched it and you you liked the Dynamite Kid, and you, but it was always like, like you said, Dynamite Kid and the British Bulldog, the British Bulldog. That's <laughs> right. kind of a, that was kind of a mentality behind it. British, sure. Like even at the time, like he was, it just seemed like Bulldog was a superstar of a team. But even if you, w- but if you actually watch it, he wasn't. No. Do you know what I mean? It was. No, they he were, wasn't. They were no. very much equals. You yeah, know? yeah. Um. So and often the heat would be on Davy and Dynamite would come in for the hot tag. Murder everyone. You know, and murder everyone. Yeah. yeah. So if anything, Dynamite was a, the leader of a team, but you never really. Because because we only watched it through the eyes of people who saw British Bulldog as the British Bulldog with the cape, you know. Right. That's who we were seeing in the ring with the Dynamite Kids. So. There's a, the, the greatest scene on that video is when they're at the gym yeah. with Mean Gene Oakland. Like, yeah. 
We, you know, when we do these exercises, that means we can push off Big John Stud and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. And but I, was, I like that. Oh, it was brilliant. It was so real. Because like, I like the way they legitimise gym work with wrestling. Why it's applicable to wrestling? Because it kind of adds that legitimacy to wrestling. Yes. I think the last time they did it was with uh, the Brock and the Brock, the Rock <laughs> and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam 2002. Two, yeah. Right. Where the Brock's taking the ice baths yeah. and that. Yeah. I love my ice baths. And like Rock's fucking pulling on the the ropes, and mm. he goes, um, and he said like the Rock, the, and he's saying like the ropes. Um, you know, I love the ropes. It's like the ropes help my grip strength, right? And like they have him pulling on a rope, but then they link it to a video of him and Hulk Hogan shaking hands where Hogan tries to walk away and the rock keeps hold of his hand okay, and right. pulls him in. Yeah. And like something as simple as that, saying using the ropes in the gym helps that's how he could strength. pull in so Hulk Hogan. That's how he could pull in Hulk Hogan, right? Clever. Just very simple stuff, you know. And, yeah. uh, and like they show like his box jumps and then they show him nipping up in the ring, you know, just side by side. Heaven forbid wrestling tries to be realistic. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, and that was one of the first examples of that. Um, you know, like in the gym, and like it's like you look at it and you get a kick out of it, but like it's pretty cool. Really, it's actually really good. Yeah. yeah, I always wanted to. Uh, I, I do you remember when D? I don't know. If, I don't know. If people still do them. Do they still do them? Wrestlers do their own DVDs at the merchandise table. I know it's I all t-shirts so, and hats. No, like so I wanted to do, um, and I was I asked Len Davies for some help in this. Actually, I want to do like Andy Boy Simmons versus the world. So it was essentially I knew I couldn't sell a DVD, but. I'd wrestled some big but names. Storm, Christopher Daniels, and AJ <laughs> Styles, good. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so I, w- I wanted to actually replicate that with James as I like the eye lines, like us in the gym, and yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. But it, it never happened. It was just a fun idea I had, but I thought it could have been a good laugh. So, uh, so yeah, and it, so, so it, it was just sad that for me that Dynamite, and again, lots, so many people say I grew up idolizing Dynamite kids. I call. Bullshit on that. Right. <laughs> like, Me too. Yeah. It's um, pretty cringy, the s- isn't it? The yeah. same way that, you know, I grew up watching World of Sport. Yeah. No, you didn't because yeah. I didn't and you're younger than me. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's a, like a lot of people you hear say that. Do you yes. know what I mean? Um, and it's just like, uh, I understand people uh, now can look back. So I can look back now and be like, wow, Dynamite Kid was a great wrestler. But I never grew up watching him. I'm not, you know, I'm, I can, I'm not afraid to say that. You know, um, I wish I knew. I wish that Dynamite, like, so in terms of what he brought to professional wrestling inside the ring only we're talking about, um, in terms of what he brought to professional wrestling, it's just a, it's a shame that he was never given that, um, the plaudits, really, for, for what he was able to do. Because I don't think he ever really was, until a lot, lot later on. No. Um, when people were able to appreciate the, that style he ushered in. Um, but even then, even when people were giving him the plaudits, it was still murky water because of all these so-called confessions he'd made on, yeah, you know, outside the ring behaviour. And and, uh, and and I think one of the, the biggest te- the biggest telling sign, I think, about Dynamite Kid not getting the plaudits, and this is where we said about that link, um, the biggest telling sign was the fact that um, when Dynamite Kid left WWF and he came back to the United Kingdom, um, he came back onto the wrestling circuit in the UK. And obviously he wasn't the same professional wrestler that he was before um but he was doing the rounds and he looked a lot of it for the early part of it he looked still looked great he still right? be, yeah still the dynamite kid um, wasn't it yeah and uh and he was doing bills and he was being advertised so we're about probably 91 92 i'd say yeah, yeah 91 92 yeah, yeah yeah so i think that's pretty accurate and uh he was being advertised as the british bulldog um now a few things happened so one um davy boy had actually trademarked the name British Bulldog, so Dynamite technically wasn't allowed to use it, so that caused all kinds of 
controversies and troubles, which I think led to them falling out and whatever have you. And it, it, it Dynamite speaks about it in his book. Um, but also, it led to another scandal in that um, at the time, there was a wrestle- I think this was a real, really start of wrestling tribute shows, but there was being advertised American WWF professional wrestling shows featuring the British Bulldog. <laughs> and there was a, there's a famous piece which is on the you can get on the YouTube right yeah um, I don't think it's that famous though right? I don't think it's had that many fa- thousands of views it's but famous it should for do. me it's yeah well we know me. it obviously yeah but uh, like I'm friends with um, on Facebook Dave Taylor and he shared it and that blew my mind is so it's Dave Taylor PNU's Brian Dixon one other I'm not sure but anyway they're they're facing it's Eamon Holmes is the presenter yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I can't remember. Just get Brian Dixon and Eamon Holmes in the same room is uh, <laughs> yeah, remarkable. Yeah. Let and me see if I can. While you talk, I'll see if I can find the. Uh, and, and basically, that you know, they're, they're they're talking about these tri- these tribute shows or people false advertising and people saying they think they're turning up to a venue to see WWF pro wrestling, um, and they're actually seeing um, a cheap imitation of pro wrestling. Um, and Brian Dixon is standing his ground on this show. Um, and one of the one of the key points they make. So um, it's uh, so Dynamite Kids obviously was the British Bulldog. So people were saying you were advertising the British Bulldog, and the British Bulldog wasn't there because obviously he was. Um, people expected to see Davy Boy Smith, and they got Dynamite Kid instead. Um, and uh, then uh, there's one show in particular where they're saying you advertised the British Bulldog, and he didn't show up. And Brian Dixon's going. He c- he didn't show up because there was a mechanical problem with his car, and he's saying um, he's saying the British Bulldog would have been there. The British Bulldog wrestled the night before in wherever, and he wrestled the next night in wherever. The British Bulldog would have been there, but they're missing the point that it wasn't the British Bulldog that people were <laughs> expecting. No. Yeah. So uh, have you managed to? I can't locate. I'll have to just put it on the Facebook page or put it on my Twitter or something. Yeah. So um, so yeah, so. People expecting to see the British Bulldog David Boy Smith, but seeing the British Bulldog Dynamite Kid yeah. or Tom Billington, the British Bulldog, were disappointed, right? And I understand why, because obviously that was WWF was huge at that time in the UK, as you said in '92. That was, uh, you know, the pre-SummerSlam buzz. And you say it dropped off shortly after that, but it was almost all the build-up to SummerSlam, SummerSlam, and I reckon there's probably a you know, a bit of tail end of SummerSlam of popularity. Um, but like you say, it dwindled in popularity after that. Um, but people were complaining because they weren't seeing the British Bulldog they thought they were getting. But just a few years earlier, he was a WWF Tag Team Champion alongside Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog. And he was the... It wasn't that much of a stretch, was it? No. <laughs> well, it, well, I guess it was. Well, it, it wasn't. It's kind of like... Well, the, the, the concept behind it was a stretch. Do you know what I mean? They brought... Brian, bless you... Uh, and, you know, Oreg Williams, God rest your soul, uh, you know, whoever was doing this, they uh, knew what they were playing Clever at. marketing. Yeah. The British Bulldog. You got the British Bulldog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, and anyway, Davey Boy. Not too different to Scott Conway putting Hulk Hogan and Horace Hogan on well, a poster. There you go, yeah. 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 The cousin of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is, uh, wasn't it actually his nephew? Or? Oh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. but uh, maybe it said cousin on the poster. Maybe it said cousin, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember 
John, who worked used to run the, the bandstand in South End. He used he I came back. I went I went to that one of the shows where with that Scott Conway poster of a, you know yeah. And I showed him the poster and he's like <laughs> he's like Horace Hogan uh, like and he thought the whole thing was like because obviously it was from Wrestle Express actually because yeah. Earthquake was on the show right yes and he was just like. There's no way this is real. There's no way that's a real earthquake if you've got Horace Hogan. Do you know what I mean? So that's almost where it backfires. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like sure, yeah. Someone looks at it and he's like, Horace Hogan, come yeah, on. Yeah. Well, I c- I, to, to the point, I think I have said this before, but for our new listeners, I went to go watch the tribute act, the UK. Oh, he wasn't called the UK, he was called The Undertaker yeah. and uh, at the Alton Sports Centre. And to be fair, we had a great night and it was absolutely packed. Okay, um, I've since been to the Alton Sports Centre and realised it's not that big. But as a kid, I remember thinking this is massive. It's bigger, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's say there's three, four hundred people in attendance. Scrubber Daly was on the show as a UK earthquake, um, who we've since had down at the wrestling school. Uh, he confirmed, yes, he was a UK earthquake. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so we watched The Undertaker. We paid two pounds for a Polaroid. Uh, and we were all worried getting in the ring whether it was two pound per person or two pound for the photo. <laughs> like as little kids, you know. Um, and and I so what was that? Probably the end of ninety three. Yeah, I would say the end of ninety two, end of ninety three. But shortly afterwards, David Boy Smith was on tour, British Bulldog in the Peaksville Post advert. I was like, well, I'm not going to that because it's not the real British Bulldog. What's the point? Um, but of course, we know it was the real British Bulldog. But I also bought a, some old British wrestling memorabilia from Gumtree or something a couple of years ago, and there was a program of, and it had Johnny Smith in it essentially portraying the British Bulldog. I don't want to say they called him the British Bulldog, but he was dressed like the British he Bulldog. He obviously took over from Davy Boy in the it, tag team right. when Davy Boy went back to WWF yeah. and Dynamite stayed. Dynamite was Dynamite and Johnny Smith yeah. were British bruisers, I believe. Yeah. So when he came back to England and did the tour, he was, I, I don't want to, I can't remember, did it say British Bulldog or not, but he was certainly dressed up like the British Bulldog, even worse than I used to. Like, <laughs> 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 But it's a, and and that's a, that's kind of an interesting topic, isn't it? Because again, so those people they were get, they went to those shows to see the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. Obviously, a bit of crafty wordsmanship. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you had WWF Tag Team Champion, the British Bulldog. Maybe Tom Billington entirely writing underneath. You sure. know, um, you get this horrible woman on there right in front of Dave Taylor, who I think says, "I was on the bill that night." She's going, "It was just too slow. It was just too slow." So obviously, they're just really familiar with WWF okay, yeah. Macho yeah. Man jumping off the top rope, and yeah. British wrestlers weren't doing it then. They were still—I don't yeah. know if they were doing rounds. I'm not sure still, but likely some of it probably was. Um, and we can look back as adults and go, cool, Dave Taylor versus Fit Finley was probably incredible. Um, but these it's kids... It's all about context. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah that's my point. It's yeah. all about for the time. Yeah. So, like, you can look back at... Um, so, for example, the one I always give. So, if you watch WrestleMania 10, right? If you watch WrestleMania 10 in... What year would that have been? 94? Yeah. So, you watch WrestleMania 10 in 1994, right? What's the best match on the card? If you watch it in 1994. Well, I know what you're getting at, but I'd, I'd argue probably Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. But yeah, so that's what no, so that's what I'm saying. Okay, if you all watch right. it in 1994, yeah, Shawn Michaels okay, and Razor Ramon is the yeah. best match on the card. Yeah, right. You watch it in 2018, right? So you watch back to watch all the show in 2018. I'm going to argue the best match on the show. Doink and Dink, <laughs> Luna and Bam Bam is is what Bretton Owen. Bretton Owen, sure, right? Because Bretton Owen as a wrestling match stands up in 2018 but Shawn Michaels and Razor whilst for its time it was great a lot of what made that match stand out in context for its time 
was the fact that we'd never seen half of that stuff ever again, ever before. Right. Right. So then later on, the Hardys and uh, Edge and Christian and the Dudleys all, you know, had those crazy TLC matches. They raised the bar, you know, in terms of what what we constitute to be any a cracking ladder match, you know. Yeah, dare I um, say, if you did a ladder match following a similar pattern to Sean versus Razor Ramon, nowadays it'd it be like, oh, that was a boring ladder exactly. match. Exactly, so there you go. So that's yeah. the point I'm getting at. And Sean right? Michaels did so his balls on that. Good so and proper <laughs> as well. <laughs> so, so, so the point I'm making is everything in context, you know, and it's funny how sometimes, like, stuff ages a lot better than others. So that Fit Finley and, uh, and Dave Taylor match, if you watched that in 2018, you would probably be like, Oh, that was a good match, but in the context of 1993 and in the context of people watching, you know, like you say, Macho Man jumping off the top rope, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you know, yeah. like guys like that, you know, it wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, know, it's not his familiarity. And, it, and, it, it, and again, yeah. it's not saying it wasn't very good because, like I say, context is all. You look back at it in with the glasses of 2018, you're probably like, oh, that was a stunning wrestling match. Sure, but was it good if it did, if it if a crowd didn't enjoy it? Do you no. know what I mean? Is yeah, it, yeah. There's an argument for everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, despite the, what one uh, popular wrestling promoter said, you're not just wrestling for the video camera, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, someone so. I know said said uh, he asked his asked a promoter after the match. Oh, oh, how's my match? You know, did you enjoy? How was my match? Say he said that something along the lines. They went, well, the crowd enjoyed it. Ain't that the point? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, isn't that the point, mate? Like. Absolutely. Crowd enjoyed it. Basically, I didn't, but the crowd did. Yeah. You know, like, I, I guess there's two people you got to impress: the promoter and the audience. But as you know, for for someone who runs very minimal shows, I don't care whether I like the wrestling. I want the crowd to enjoy it. Yeah. Which yeah. I think isn't too too much to yeah, ask. But that's what that's that's the skill of putting on shows. You have yeah. to recognise your audience. And that's the skill about being a professional wrestler as well. You have to recognise your audience. Right. So and, and, and Brian Dixon says it himself and everyone laughs at me when I say this to our wrestling school. They don't I don't think they quite understand what I mean, but Brian will say, It sounded good. Yeah. Because he's not gonna sit there and watch every single race. he'll watch some of it, but he's not he it's are these people reacting? Yeah. If these people are reacting, it's a good match. Yeah. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and uh, I guess uh, just the, I guess to sum up, to just finish off in terms of uh, talking about tribute shows. Um, so obviously those shows were kind of uh, you could call a little bit deceptive, um, and I don't know how it was marketed, but you know it is what it is. Well, I can remember seeing one poster. I used to go away for, like my dad for like a few days, like once a year every summer, and we went to Liverpool. It wasn't shortly before Yokozuna died in Liverpool. Because I can remember seeing a poster. It didn't have Yokozuna on it, um, but it had Kane and Undertaker on it. Yeah. And from what I remember, from what, it was a long time ago, year 2000, it was Kane on the poster. Not Justin oh, Starr dressed as Kane. the actual Kane. It was Kane oh, on dodgy. the poster, yeah. Because, see, so, again, these, these, uh, these tribute shows, they take many different uh, roles, don't they? So, first of all, I think, you know, we need to, di- like, I... It's hard, isn't it? Because you look at it and you're like, oh, well, that's terrible. So what we need to understand, again, context is all, right? So wrestling at that time was on its ass, right? It wasn't feasibly possible for promoters to put on a standard British wrestling show because no one would come and see it, right? And again, it's to put to the test. If someone put on a high-quality product, then perhaps people would have come to see it. But the the way it was at the time... Um, and with no advantages of things such as the internet in order to further your message. Because with the internet, you can kind of tell your story a lot more. Sure. 
the old days, it would obviously be posters, you know. Um, but that was it, wasn't it? Uh, flyers, newspaper, newspaper ad. ad. Hopefully, get an article in the newspaper. That was the way you told your story, right? So, um, it was a lot harder. You know, those newspaper articles were full of set to appear the people's champion, the big red machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like maybe but never directly calling them the Rock or Kane, but but nevertheless, so, some of these. So, so some of these shows were advertised, and I've seen them as. Um, for example, Andy Boy Simmons, not that you did them, <laughs> but Andy Boy Simmons as the British Bulldog. Always wanted to do them. <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to do a tribute. So, I did uh, the Spider-Man one time. So, uh, I've seen the Spider-Man, Spider-Man wrestler a few times, actually. Uh, Power Ranger, actually. But no, the Power Ranger was a big one, right? Yeah, it was massive. Yeah, the yeah. Wrestling Ranger, yeah. Yeah, I've seen the Wrestling Ranger a couple of t- only a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I've seen... Enough. Seen yeah. <laughs> I can remember being Spider-Man, Boxing Day 2002, and James Mason going, cool, you fit that really well, actually. You might be able to get a regular gig with Dixon. <laughs> you know? And I'm thinking, I'd love to. Do you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, cool, I'll do Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, that was the only time I ever did it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that, but that's another, that's kind of was the next, was that, would that be the next evolution from the tribute shows? The what, onto like the Spider-Man? Is it? Yeah, probably. Power Rangers. Yeah, because that was 02. Yeah, and Spider-Man was a big movie at the time. Yeah, and I can remember when I was Spider-Man because uh, in the film Spider-Man, which Tobey Maguire won, he they, he did like a special thing with his fingers, and that's how he see. And I remember asking James Mason, I might even be Mal Mason, no relation. Uh, oh, should I do the thing he does? Like I took it like really seriously. Do you know what I was like? Oh, should I do the thing with his fingers? Mal's like, do what you want. <laughs> do you know what I, mean? like, I don't care. You know? <laughs> um, so uh, I can't remember why I said that, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the movie was big. So yeah, yeah. that was almost like, oh well, WF's not quite so hot anymore. So and now we'll get and movies. I think I'm pretty sure there's some legal stuff going on with WWF. I don't know. Oh, probably, I don't know for yeah. sure, but I'm sure. Well, Scott Conway once was selling a load of his memorabilia online. Like his, uh, funny enough, I bought a Dynamite Kid signed photo when Dynamite Kid was about 18, um, uh, from Scott. And Scott was getting cease and desist letters. I, I don't think Scott might be telling this because I know he listens. Uh, cease and desist letters uh, from WWF because he was calling someone the Texas Tornado. Obviously, Which, he wasn't uh, dressing him up like Kerry Von Erich. Yeah, you know? so 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 a few things. So um, right, so uh, so a lot of shows were advertised as tribute shows. So number one, is that okay? Because I'll tell you why. Bands, you see a lot of tribute bands, don't you? Yeah. You know, no Jackson, Michael Jackson tributes. Navi, he's really Navi, good actually. Yeah. I saw him. Tall, yeah. but he's good though. But yeah, Michael Jackson tributes. Rolling Stones tributes. Yeah. You know, you name the band, there's a tribute act for that band. And some of them make full-time livings being a tribute act. Right. right? I was going to say, I wonder if any tribute acts made their first million. I don't know. Maybe. They could They could probably command some good money. Yeah, I'm sure they could. Yeah. And some, and like, a lot of them are like, oh, they just want to see the greatest hits. So they just want to see, you know. So is wrestling that dissimilar? Yeah, I, 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 mean, I don't think I mean? so. I, I think probably what lets it, in my opinion, what probably lets it down the difference between... Uh, a tribute act band and a tribute act wrestling show essentially is a tribute ba- and band sorry have uh, invested some money in their lighting their kit their equipment you've got the rock coming out you've you taped on yeah. eyebrows and taped on sideburns and yeah that's so what I think is well, probably I, the biggest I, I, difference yeah so maybe it was uh, maybe the, the real problem was 
uh, it was tribute acts to British wrestling. Like, you know, like in terms of like British wrestling, you know what I spoke about, I've spoken about time and time again, is like the that will do attitude. Yes, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, oh, yeah, I do. I coined that phrase, that, you know. Pop, yeah. Amongst us. Okay. Yeah, I did. I was like, British wrestling, that'll do. So like, there's a show, uh, the picture I, I saw, I think, Johnny the Body put on his Facebook. It was Dynamite Kid wrestling on a British wrestling show, but it was a WCW ring apron. It wasn't a WCW show. Yeah. It's like Oric Williams had provided the ring for WCW. So he obviously ended up with some, ring ap- apron. some aprons. That'll do. Put WCW on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Is it that offensive? Probably not. Maybe if it was a kid, I'd be like, wow, that's a WCW it ring apron. a funny story about Johnny the Body. Go on. Right, so Johnny the Body. Uh, so he's he had a La Parker costume, right? T-Bone often used to be La Parker. Yeah. So this was like later on. So like WCW's La Parker and he d- had Doink the Clown as well, right? So WCW's La Parker, WWF's Doink the Clown. Right, I swear to God, right? I'm not sure if it was like just a, a phishing email where he's emailing all the different promoters, right? But I swear, I got, and I'd, I'd done a week on the camps with him. So I knew the, I knew the, the gig. You, you know the gig, yeah. And like he sold out, he sold out a show with La Parker on it as T Bone <laughs> dressed up as La Parker, right? But he emailed me asking if I'd be interested in WWF's Doink the Clown or WCW's La Parker, <laughs> right? Coming on a UK tour, yeah. And I'm like, this is like this is next level stuff here, right? Right. So what's he? If I were to turn around and say, yes, I am, I'd like La Parker. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? What's he going to do? Turn up with his fake outfit <laughs> yeah. and stay in the outfit? You know, send T-Bone and be like, don't speak to anyone. Stay in that outfit from the moment you get into the yeah, moment yeah, you leave. Yeah. So try and dupe the promoter into thinking they've actually got La Parker. Or is he going to turn up on the day and then the promoter's going to be like, oh, I'm very angry at you, but I've got <laughs> no choice but to go ahead with it. You've got to advertise La Parker. So now I... Didn't, uh, didn't, didn't um, before I tell the story, Matt, don't phone me up threatening me again. Matt Chera advertised La Parker. Oh, he did, yeah. And but it he was, was going to deliver. Well, obviously, he was, he, the intention was so the real one. So he was going to deliver the real one, but he was going to deliver the original La Parker, who's a. Who's now LA a, Park. Who's right. LA Park, and who's a bit of a legend, and who in 2018 is. He's reinvented himself somewhat in terms of the style of wrestling he does, but he's a huge superstar. Right. Um, and yeah, Matt was uh, advertising La Parker when he had LA Park. So, right. So again, yeah. Goes to show I you think should know. Get T bone. Kind of know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, so yeah. But again. So that's uh, and and then so that was one one element of British wrestling was um, those those tribute shows. But like you alluded to about Scott, like the Texas Tornado, right? You often had wrestlers who wrestled with. They just literally it was probably like they got to the um, you know the the show. Were like, oh, what are you going to be? Let's just pick a random yeah. American wrestler's name. So, like, obviously, Blondie Barrett was the Rock and Roll Express. My, I think, third British wrestling show I went to see was I, I saw an advert in the paper and it said the Rock and Roll Express. And I was expecting to see Morton and Gibson, the tag team, the Rock and Roll Express. But when I got there, I saw Blondie Barrett, yeah. the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, see, I nearly got duped by the same thing. Uh, there was a web, I think I might have told this one, but like, it was an old website with like all the dates of British wrestling. And this is like real archaic website, probably 2001. And it was like, the rock, you know, set to appear at the Masonic Hall in Portsmouth, the Rock and Roll Express. And I didn't go because I threatened to go to all these shows in my head. But I didn't have a car, didn't know much about trains. You were like one of those annoying fans who'd email being like, oh, yeah, I think probably. you come. I'd really like to come. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. But luckily, I, I, you know, I didn't fall for that one. Um, but uh, and I think another part of that, especially that Rock and Roll Express name specifically, was I think Regal, William Regal, talks about in his book 
that he got his name Steve Regal because someone had seen it in a wrestling magazine because there's an American Steve Regal. And, you know, the, probably the thought was, oh, no one will know who Steve Regal Do you know what I mean? No one will know who that Steve Regal is, yeah. so we'll just call our lad can't Steve even, Regal. Can't even be bothered to come up with a name. Yeah, because so. there, like there was a Black Jack Mulligan who I met one time at one of the wrestlers' reunions. Um, Brooklyn Brawler. Brooklyn Brawler. Um, but in terms of that specific name, the Rock and Roll Express, I swear, Blondie probably just saw that, or someone said, you, could be, you look a bit rock and roll, you should call yourself the, the rock, rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. no big deal, no harm done, I'll just nick their name, no one will ever know. Yeah. So, it'd be interesting to know whether, uh, you know, Ricky and Robert know about the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> yeah. And because I brought up the one, two, three boy with X-Pac when we had him over. Oh, really? Yeah, I was, I was struggling with conversation, actually. And I said, oh, did you, you, you know, he, just, he, he wasn't happy about it at all. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, oh, you know, he dropped the promoter's name and said, oh, I heard all about that, that's this and that. He wasn't happy at all about the one, two, three boy. <laughs> yeah. Which is fair enough, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but that's why they're going to see it, aren't they? People coining in off yeah. their, their trademarks and their... their I, I get wound up when I see people do the face paint under their eyes. I mean, you definitely invented that, didn't what? you? Find me one other wrestler that did it before I did. All right. Challenge accepted. Okay. I'm sure there was a... In fact, I've got it already. Uh, War Games, WCW. <laughs> that doesn't count. That okay. Like cool. That might be where rules. I got the idea from. Change actually. the rules, whatever. Yeah. So... And there wasn't just one wrestler who painted under <laughs> their eyes. It was a whole team. Yep. So. There you go. Outed again. Cool. cool. So where do we stand on uh, on tribute wrestling then? Uh, I, I don't know. Harmless fun. Well, damaging I, to the business. Yeah, I don't. Uh, was there a business to damage? I think there was enough people who got duped by it to say it wasn't. In the, you know, I'm sure it's recovered now, but I'm sure there's still people now who were at the Alton Sports Centre in 1993 or two, uh, who said, "Oh, British wrestling. Oh, we took our boys that years ago. Is that some fake Undertaker on it?" And never went again. Yeah, I'm sure as well, and I'm pretty sure that if I, if, like, if I wasn't such a huge wrestling fan, that time I thought I was seeing the tag team Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, might have been the end. Blondie was, but Blondie's better than the Rock and Roll Express. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it was. Uh, he also wrestled Dunk the Clown on the same bill, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it, but they never pretended he was Doink. No, they were just like yeah. Dunk. Not to kill it, but I wrestled Blondie as Dunk the Clown. You were Dunk. No, he was Dunk. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah you weren't on the. You weren't on this bill. No, you were probably still at school. He's probably still at home. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, that was a show where he uh, beat someone up with a coat hanger. <laughs> oh yeah, you like yeah. that story? That's My cool. Favorite one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like you say, like I think it caused a, it it must have caused some damage, and uh, and what winds me up more than anything when I'm putting on shows. And like you only really get it, and again because the inter- like I saw, like the internet has changed the world, hasn't it? The world is local. You couldn't get away with that stuff really now. Um, although I'm sure some people probably do. Have you seen any tributes recently? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I have. Yeah, but I don't really want to talk about it because it's not really fair on the person that think we're uh, we're picking on them. But yeah, I have. I saw a poster the other day on my Facebook feed of the Grave Digger. Oh, it, really? Yeah, and it was it was someone I don't. I, were they done up like The Undertaker? Or was it just like an art piece of... It was a poster. It was a wrestling poster. Come see The Grave Digger. And it was The Undertaker. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But it wasn't a photo of the 
WWE's Undertaker, but it was someone done up like the Undertaker. Yeah. So yeah, it still happens now. Yeah, it's interesting because because yeah. uh, for me the biggest thing I dislike is when people say about my shows like, oh, it's not the real stuff like WWE. It's not like you know real wrestling. You get that on the holiday parks. Yeah. Oh, is it real wrestling? So well, I guess not. Do you know what I mean? A lot like of people I are amazed when they see a ring. Yeah. So you wonder what they've been, right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but like, uh, but yeah, it's like, well, what do you define as real wrestling? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? No, we haven't. No, we didn't make it, but we still put on good shows. You well, can we never are deny that. It. We're in the process of making it. So, yeah. you know. Okay, we're not on the telly, but yeah. No anymore. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah. So on a hiatus, I'm sure. Uh, nah, done. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, there you go. So that was uh, that was uh, an interesting discussion. Yeah, right. We better get to training. It's twenty to seven. Cool. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. We we'll talk to you again next week. But don't forget to follow me on Twitter because I'm. I don't think I'll do it now because I forgot to mention it a few times. Um, a, I don't think I'm going to hit my one hundred and sixty kilograms one rep max for my bench press. That's really oh, hard. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I'm not going <laughs> to fit in that. <laughs> I am one hundred. 40 followers away from getting my oh. 2,000 in the next, sort of, what, 10 days, t- t- three weeks? It's not happening, is it? I don't know. We might see a big surge. Anything could happen in the next three weeks. That's it. Yeah. What you need to help you is a nice scandal. Yeah. yeah I got a hell of Pos- a lot of... Positive uh, scandal. Uh, I got a hell of a lot of follow- followers after the um, the Sam Adonis scandal. Oh, did you? Yeah, I picked up loads. Yeah. Really? Okay. If anything, you know, if there was, if there was anything good that came out of it, it was... Uh, um, I've got some more followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Watch someone take that now. <laughs> Use it against me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Follow me on Twitter at A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again next week.